Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services, Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen, and we're joined by Greg Nejma, the pro personnel director of the New York Jets. And we talk about free agency, which is around the corner. He did not give the Jets wish list, but that doesn't mean to hang up on us. All right. It was a good interview. It was a good peek behind the curtain. You will come away thinking, I'm glad I listened to Ethan and I'm glad I listened to Greg Nejma. I agree with that. Listen, it was an illuminating interview because the National Football League, just like everybody else, have been dealing with COVID for the past year. So that impacted the way you went out and looked at talent. And free agency is not just a couple weeks in the making. It's a year plus in the making. And even Nez said that you go back and look at your initial draft reports on guys with expiring contracts. So I think a Jet fan or an NFL fan is going to come away from this feeling like, hey, I understand the process a lot better. And Nez, by the way, one of the best arms in the building. Back in the day, he used to help the scout the coaching staffs out throwing the football to receivers. He was a high school quarterback. We didn't get into any of that with him, <laughs> but he was a decorated player himself before he came to the Jets as an intern in 09. Wasn't he also the quarterback occasionally for the EA challenges? I remember I think he was in the Buster Screen one. Heck yeah, man. And that's just my guy. So yeah, I'll tell you what, the EA challenge buster screen uh, and, and he's still in the national football league now, but it's always fun to sit at home and say, yeah, man, I could do that. And I thought I was a decent athlete, but buster <laughs> screen had me going one way, a hundred yards and he was cutting the other way. 50 yards to the left. I was a hundred yards to the right. The athleticism pro athletes, display when you're there it's just off the charts but anytime we're doing anything as far as those challenges is concerned yeah it was Nej was the guy and uh we did some route running uh one time and Nej was throwing Decker right yeah he's throwing 50 yard bombs out there just <laughs> dropping them in you know tight windows and stuff like that so uh multi-talented dude and, and a guy who's worked his way up here at the Jets and we always think of Joe Douglas and the staff that's around him. Nez is one of those bright guys who is an essential part of what the green and white are doing here right now. And I don't want to give too much away, but I will say that Greg Nezma, just like Jets fans did say that internally people in the building are excited about free agency because this is a year long process. And let's hear from Greg on what this entire operation has been like in 2020 leading up to where we are today. Can you start off with what your job entails on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, you know, I have to oversee the day-to-day the -day operations of the pro personnel department. You know, uh, at different po points of the year, the focus is on something different, you know. So if we're in training camp, we're, we're trying to address, um, you know, injuries that come up. We're scanning the waiver wire for, uh, you know, players that, that can help us. Um, as we get the final cuts, obviously there's a, a ton of, of players cut at that point. So the pro department needs to be prepared, needs to be ahead of that sort of stuff. And if we can find upgrades, we will. Um, and then when we get into the season, we, we continue to do that in terms of scanning the waiver wire and, um, and, and trying to, to help supplement the back end of the roster. But we'll also scout our upcoming opponents um, and, and provide advanced scouting reports that we'll present to the coaching staff. 
Um, and, you know, as we get to the end of the season, we'll, we'll shift the focus towards free agency. So, uh, you know, depending on what's going on and what uh, point of the year we're at, you know, I have to oversee all of that and make sure that the rest of the pro department is, is aware of things that are coming up and, and understands what's going on with our roster so that we can, you know, accurate, accurately evaluate all of the, the other options from, you know, from outside of our building. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of the day-to-day things that, that go on with the pro department. Naj, before we jump into a free agency, how much did COVID alter your game plan last fall? Because you talked about the advanced scouting and scanning the waiver wire and a lot of that in the past had to do with travel what, what was different about 2020 for you? It was different for everybody, sure. of course. Sure. Well, there was a ton that was different, you know, for, first and foremost for, uh, you know, workouts or guys that you want to bring in the building. There was, there was a lot of restrictions that the league put in place. You could only have a certain number of players in for a given workout. That number of players had to, um, you know, complete the testing protocol. So, you know, normally, if you needed to get guys in, say you had a couple guys that get injured in practice or a game, you know, you could get guys in the next day. Um, now it was really essentially a week process before um, they could really be on the field for you. So, you know, from the, the standpoint of the pro department, we had to be more selective. We couldn't bring as many guys in in terms of, um, you know, just kicking the tires on guys. We had to be more focused and bring um, and the workouts had to have more intent to them as opposed to just trying to get a look at guys, I would say. Um, from an advanced scouting standpoint, you know, the league did allow, um, you know, teams to advance scout uh, opponents in, in terms of live looks. Um, you know, we, we did not do that. We, we felt like it, it made more sense to protect our, uh, you know, everyone in our pro department first and foremost. And then uh, also, um, you know, if they did bring anything into the building, protect any other people that were in the building. So um, the pro department, you know, Kevin Murphy, Evan Ardwan, Ray Agnew, they do. They do a lot of our advanced scouting and they did a phenomenal job adjusting. Um, you know, we, we watch, we were able to watch more film. We were able to um, watch the TV copies a lot more than we had and really pick up a lot of, a lot of good things from there. Um, and I don't think we missed a beat not seeing live looks. We were able to get everything that we, that we normally would. And that's a credit to those guys adjusting on the fly and, and trying to figure out where our blind spots were and make sure we didn't, we didn't um, lose anything. And, and really, it's a credit to them. They did a phenomenal job with with that um, throughout the entire season. With pro personnel, it feels like everything you just said, you're always ahead of the curve. You're looking ahead. Now that we're in free agency, was there what was the process of preparing for free, free agency, agency like in a, in a virtual, virtual space? Yeah, I mean, it was it was difficult to an extent, but at that point, we had gotten used to it a little bit, you know, Um Initially, when we all came back in the building um, for training camp, there was obviously the different tier systems and whatnot. Um, and then we were all kind of together for a portion of the season. But as we got more towards the end of the season, focusing on free agency, we were working remotely again. So we've all gotten really used to teams. And, and I honestly think in, in talking to, um, you know, everyone that was in the meetings, I actually think the meetings ran more efficiently through teams because um, there was less just, you know, back and forth, everyone was a lot more to the point um, and it was a little bit more structured. So uh, we had meetings in December, January, February on free agency. And, and, you know, I was really happy with how they went and, and, and all the information that we acquired from it. Um, so, you know, in terms of our preparation, it didn't, it didn't change much. We just all had to, 
adapt and adjust a little bit, but we had been doing it for so long already that, you know, it was pretty seamless. Uh, everybody at home wants your free agency rankings, so why don't you yeah. give it to us? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, as far as the prep, though, you just mentioned it a little bit. Uh, what goes involved in free agency? Because March 15th, that starts the negotiating period for right. 48 hours, and then March 17th, uh, free agency commences. But is this much like the draft when we speak of it? meaning that this is a year-round process, and even it goes beyond that because you guys probably even look at your initial draft reports on some of these guys who are having who have expiring contracts and looking for that second deal. But can you talk about how a free agency is probably a year plus in the making? Yeah, no, it is. It's, um, you know, when we're evaluating guys, I mentioned the advanced reports previously, you know, all those, guys, all those teams that we're doing, they, they have obviously – uh, you know, free agents or pending free agents. So, you know, we're always focused on those guys too and, and monitoring how they're playing during the course of the year and all that. Um, we, we certainly look back at the draft reports, EA, like you mentioned. Um, and, you know, really we track, we, we break it up by team. So um, each pro scout has certain team responsibilities, similar to how a college scout has an, an area that or a region that they're responsible for. And, you know, those, the, they do a phenomenal job of, of, of following and tracking the progress each player has made from year one, two, and three. And it really gives us a, a, a lot of insight into the progress and the development of a player. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a ton of information in our system that we look back on. Um, but, you know, I do believe in, in, in letting the process play out too. Um, you know, when we start our, our free agent meetings for this upcoming free agency, you know, we start them in late December. So the majority of the season has been, has been played at that point. And, um, you know, these guys have, the pending free agents that we're evaluating, they've had a, a you know, a chance to really, um, you know, set, set their resume for this year. And we, we've also had an entire year to evaluate our own roster, you know, so you don't want to be too soon on things because things can change as guys develop at different rates and different parts of the year. So we do want to let the process play out a little bit, but we'll start our initial meetings in late December. Um, and that kind of gives us a, a lay of the land, so to speak. And then we'll come back with a, you know, with a more detailed meeting where we'll have, um, you know, multiple looks on guys. Um, that'll be mid-January and that'll kind of set everything from there. And then after that, um, you know, we'll start to get the coaches involved. And, and we just, you know, wrapped up some of those meetings last week. So they and they were great. A lot of Jets fans are obviously excited about free agency. A lot of NFL fans every year excited about free agency, but, how excited is the group internally knowing that there's a healthy financial situation and you guys are finally going to be able to get your hands a little dirty and start to turn over the roster and try to improve the roster for 2021? Yeah, we're, we're really excited. Um, you know, I think free agency in and of itself, you want to be aggressive, um, but you want to be disciplined, disciplined too. Um, you know, there you don't want to just start signing guys and accumulating talent. You want to build a team. And that's something that Joe uh, and Robert talk about, you know, all the time is, is we want to build a team um, and, and that's compiled of guys that have the traits that we want, you know? So, um, you know, you, you, it's not, um, you know, fantasy football and where you can just go and sign all of these different players. You have to be uh, disciplined and strategic about it, but we're really excited to get going. You know, we, we think we've got, um, we're prepared you know, we feel like we're um, in a really good place right now, having, you know, working with the new staff 
Um, they've done a phenomenal job with us and, and we're ready to go. We feel like we're, you know, we're, we're, we have a chance to really, um, you know, hopefully upgrade in some areas and supplement in some areas and just add good football players to the team and good uh, character players to the organization. And that's always going to be the goal. You just spoke about the quality of those meetings, Nesh. Uh, what were your impressions of Robert Sala and then his coordinators, of course, um, Mike LaFleur on the offensive side of the ball, Jeff Albrecht, you guys retained Brant Boyer for special teams, but w- what went into that when you get a new staff and they're bringing new systems here? Well, first off, what we did was we about, we, we got with the coaches once they were kind of settled with the new staff and, um, what they did was evaluate our, our roster first and foremost. You know, you can't evaluate what the options are until you evaluate your, your roster. And so that was the first meeting uh, that we had with them. And, and they walked us through kind of their thoughts on each player. Um, you know, we, we uh, communicated back to them our insight into the player and how we saw them and just had a really good, honest, open discussion about everything. So that was the first step in the process. The next step in the process was the coaches laying out for us, what they what they want in each of their new schemes at each position, so their position specific traits and all that, and it is slightly different than than you know schemes that we've had in the past. So there are there are some nuances to it, but the coaches did an unbelievable job of, of getting of evaluating our roster and then teaching us what they wanted to see and what they valued at each of their their positions. Um, and we were able to identify, okay, this is a little different than we had previously, um, you know, seen at this position. So we need to, we need to start looking for or valuing these certain traits more. Um, and then once we did that, the next step of the process was, okay, here's the free agents that we want, you know, you guys to evaluate given all that we know now, um, and then put, you know, evaluations in on them and rank those players, let us know how you think they would fit with us, who they who they would potentially upgrade on our roster. Um, do they fit our scheme and where we, you know, what we think the role that this player is going to play. And uh, Coach Sala, um, Coach Ulbricht, Coach LaFleur, they did a phenomenal job um, as well as everybody on their, uh, you know, on their staff, all the position coaches um, to, to get up, to be able to do all the information um, that we needed in terms of evaluating our roster um, talking about our new scheme and then evaluating um, the upcoming free agents for the Jets, for them to be able to do that in the time period that they did with the detail that they did, um, I thought was incredible. And that's a credit to, to Coach Sala and his leadership. Um, it, it, the meetings that we just finished last week were, were some of the best I've been a part of. Um, and we're, you know, it, it, we feel like we're all kind of talking the same language. And, uh, and it's a collaborative effort, which, which we're really excited about. That is phenomenal insight from Greg Nejma. And, you know, I'm curious, as March 15th is kind of around the corner, what is the room like? Or I don't even know if it's a room. What will it be like when you're finally able to negotiate? Like, I have this vision where it's like Wall Street. Like, you guys can go and then everyone's on the phones. Like, that's probably not the right way to think about it. What, but... do you say? what are you saying? You're saying that's just DiCaprio? <laughs> Maybe. It's I'll possible. take it. I'll take it as long as it's not Jonah Hill, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but what is, what is that room like, or what is that day like? Like, is there a time where everyone's like, everyone's chomping at the bit and ready to go? Or is everyone a little more calm? You know, I think a lot of the, uh, the lead up to it is really more um, where there's, there's always, you know, as right until you get up to the 15th, you're still 
um, gathering information. You're still, you know, kind of getting your plan together. Um, and, you know, you need to be able to adjust and be flexible in free agency. But the more prep work that you can do ahead of time, obviously, when the day comes, um, you feel prepared and ready for it. So, you know, when it does start, we, we are um, usually, you know, last year until we had to go home, we were in a room together just because it makes communication easier um, and, and a little more instant. So, um, but it's not, um, it can pick up, it kind of goes in spurts. It, it sometimes is really quiet. And then a flurry of things will happen in a, in a small period of time. You know, um, you know, free agency is, is not, it's, it's, so, it's different than the draft in terms of, um, you know, less, it's more of a blank canvas in terms of the draft. You, you see things kind of unfolding in front of you. Free agency, you don't necessarily know what's, you know, what's behind door two sometimes. So you have to, you have to be, um, you know, disciplined in your approach and, and know how you value things and, and not let, you know, the, the, uh, the excitement of the moment really come in into play. You have to have a value and, and be strategic about it in terms of negotiating with players. And, you know, I think last year we, we showed that and really Joe and Rex and Chad, their leadership that, that they showed throughout free agency last year, um, I expect it to be really fun, really enjoyable, but it, it won't be hectic or crazy um, because of all the prep work that's gone into it, you know, like we talked about previously. Are there parallels to the draft in terms of a big board? And then also in the weeks leading up to the start of free agency, how many multiple scenarios do you have to be prepared for? Because I'm sure on your list, there are a couple guys who are going to come off the board. They're going to sign with other teams. And then, as Joe has said, you all have to be ready to strike. Yeah. Um, We do have, obviously, our boards, you know, and and it's a little different than the draft because – um, you know, in the draft, you'll you'll obviously have your board, and it'll be it'll be dictated to you. With free agency, you more are are focusing on okay, we want to go after this guy or that guy. You know, our our so called targets. But there's things that are going to be out of your control. Guys can get franchise tag, you know, franchise tag. Guys can can reach an agreement with their team before they get to the market. So you have to be able to adjust and see what the next option is. And if there's options that you feel good about, um, then you continue to be you know aggressive. Uh, with them but if if you know if not you you also have to be able to say okay it doesn't make sense to continue to try to um you know add pieces at this point we maybe we just kind of you know hit pause and let things come to us a little bit and i think that's where you know joe's patience and poise um comes in a lot of time in in free agency um and, and and that was something that you know just seeing it last year for the first time was was really refreshing uh, finally, Naj, uh, we really appreciate your time. This has been awesome. Do you, has free agency changed, especially over the past year plus? Obviously, we're still dealing with the pandemic right now, but in terms of the whining and dining, in the past, I remember that a guy like Calvin Pace, who signed with the Jets in free agency in the late 2000s, the team took him on a helicopter ride of New York City. They say, hey, listen, this is New York. You want to come here. You want to be part of it. Of course, you all are going to sell the culture that Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are instilling here. But how much different will it feel this year? And also, you touched on upon it a little bit already, but that experience last year, uh, doing a lot of this virtually, I imagine it's got to help you as you enter free agency this time around. Yeah, it, it is very different. You know, with the negotiating window um, being what it is, you know, which is March 15th this year, you can you can begin negotiating with agents 
um, on contracts. Now, nothing can be signed until the start of the league year. Um, but in, in you know, previous off seasons before they had the negotiating window, you know, you were trying to get guys in for visits and recruit them. And, and like you said, wine and dine them while you were negotiating. Um, it's kind of in reverse now. A lot of this stuff happens, um, you know, for the, the contract stuff happens first, really. So um, the whining and dining for the most part, there, there may be, you know, guys here and there where it happens with. But for the most part, most of them get, you know, most of the deals get done really early on in free agency. And, um, you know, it, it, it definitely is more efficient, I think, because um, there's less you're less waiting. You know, uh, things happen probably a little bit quicker. And players and agents, they don't necessarily want to wait too long either because they know that teams are going to have to at some point adjust and go to their, their next option as well. So um, it, it, it happens a little bit quicker and there is less, you know, of the, um, you know, kind of the ancillary things. It's really more down to, to nuts and bolts. So unfortunately, I won't be getting any any Roots dinners this, this offseason. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your order at Roots? Uh, probably the ribeye, medium rare. Love it. That yeah. is a that is a good order. Yeah. Is that also what you would get at St. Elmo if we were in Indianapolis right now? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely get the cocktail sauce too. You know, but I would probably get the same steak order for sure. All right, that's a great way to wrap up. Yeah, you can't go too heavy in that cocktail sauce. No. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> yeah, it's very unique this year, fellas, not being in Indianapolis. But the yeah. show goes on, and the show's going to go on for you guys. And uh, we're yeah. wishing you a lot of luck. We warned you it was going to be informative. We warned you it was going to be a good interview. We're glad you listened if you're still with us. And we've spoken to Rex Hogan in the past, Phil Savage, John Carr. EA spoke to them in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. We spoke to Greg Nejma today. We're going to speak to more people on Joe Douglas's staff as we head into the draft, even free agency, which is around the corner. So the podcast is going to start to ramp up between free agency and the draft. This is like the wheelhouse of information here if you're a Jets fan. So make sure to stay tuned. And before you know it, we'll be talking about who the Jets have reportedly signed, who they have signed, and there will be new faces, new numbers with the green and white. A lot of flexibility, the ability to strike. You have multiple holes on the roster. Joe Douglas has been forthright about that. Um, and he has also been clear throughout after he came on board as general manager is that the way to get to long-term success is by drafting and developing. That doesn't mean the Jets aren't going to be active or aggressive in free agency. I anticipate they will be. But you don't play fantasy ball when you're constructing a team. So not everybody you target in free agency is a five-time uh, all-pro player or a 10-time pro bowler. It just doesn't work that way. You have to construct your team. And where the Jets are right now, they're at the beginning of the era of Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. And I think that it's important to note that there are multiple tiers in free agency. Mm -hmm. There's the first tier where everyone... And when I say everyone, I mean, most fans are like champing at the bit, like, okay, here we go. Like, who are we going to get? And then really the meat and potatoes of free agency are the second and third tiers because there are only X amount of players. First of all, it's rare that very, very good players make it to free agency. So that's what makes free agency an interesting game in terms of contract and how much you pay players. But the Jets right now projected second most cap space in the NFL. They have the opportunity, as Daniel Jeremiah put it, to shop in a different price range if they do choose to do so compared to last season. 
So we'll see what happens shortly. And the other thing in terms of our previews leading up to free agency and the 15th when the negotiating period begins and the 17th when players can sign contracts, EA and I will be speaking to external media to get their thoughts probably on that's a little more player-centric to see who they think would be good fits for the Jets based on scheme and whatnot. So we will be covering that as well. Yeah, it's going to be a busy couple weeks. And that's a great thing about the National Football League that there's really no off season. And, uh, you know, it starts with free agency and then we move right into the draft. And the Jets are in a really, it's an uncanny position. It's a, it's a unique position as far as the draft is concerned with two number ones this year with five picks in the first three rounds, six picks in the top 100. Then you'll look at 2022. You have two first-round picks as well. And it's going to be fun to watch this team, this organization, the football brass, navigate the offseason because you're not going to get every one of your targets because other teams sometimes they are going to put a higher price on somebody than you. A guy might choose to go to another team for a different reason. One thing that stuck with me that Robert Salas said is that there's kind of a stigma or maybe a connotation attached with the Jets that isn't true. Yes, the Jets didn't win last year and they haven't been to the playoffs in 10 years, but he's talked about the foundation here and the people within the organization. And oh, by the way, Guys have an opportunity to play in New York. I still think that means something to a lot of players as well. And when they have an opportunity to speak to some people in the building and the coaching staff, I think they're going to come away very impressed. I think the Jets have a lot to sell in the recruitment of potential free agents. In two months from now, this roster will look completely different than it does. That would be after free agency, the first three waves, and after the draft. So a lot coming down the pike here on NewYorkJets.com. And that's all we have for this episode of the official Jets podcast powered by AWS.